Hi, friends. Hi. Welcome to They're Terrified and Tipsy. I'll start. Okay. My name is Courtney. Uh, I love long walks on the beach, Mm -hmm. white wine, and I absolutely love scary movies. And I'm Stephanie. I also love long walks on the beach. I love white wine, but I absolutely hate (laughs) scary movies. So Stephanie, Mm -hmm. can I ask you a question? Please. Why in the hell would you want to watch scary movies and do a podcast on scary movies when you hate them? Oh, that's easy um, because you forced me. Mm, that's that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Hmm. There's wine. Yeah. So I'm basically only here for the wine. <laughs> lots and lots of wine. <laughs> We're going to need it. <laughs> well, since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah. So grab a glass of wine, your mm-hmm. favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. Also, you can find their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers. For Nerds by Nerds Production. giving me some snuggies. The reason I'm doing this is because me and Ben have been pre-recording our commentary tracks for the Justice League versus Godzilla and Kong month, where we will be doing commentaries on all the Mondays in March for Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and the original cut of the Justice League leading up to the release of the Snyder Cut. And then on Friday's episodes, we will be doing Godzilla 2014, Kong Skull Island, and Godzilla King of the Monsters in preparation for the release of Godzilla vs. Kong. Those are all long movies, so doing commentary tracks takes up some time. And we kind of ran out of time when we were recording the other day, so we didn't get an episode for this week. But have no fear. I will handle this, and it'll be really fun. I'm going to kind of expand on the top 10 most anticipated movies of 2021 video that we did for our YouTube channel and talk about just all the kind of all the movies being released this year and what you, the listeners, are excited to see. I put out a tweet asking what all of yours are, so I will be reading those and giving shout outs. Before we get into that, though, let's jump into the Be Kind Rewind. This week's Be Kind Rewind is brought to you by Take Up Space Podcast. And this week I did something very interesting. It's a first for the segment. Instead of just talking about their show and playing a clip, I actually got a chance to sit down with Leah from Take Up Space Podcast And we talked about her show and a few other things and just talked in general. And it was really fun. She's very nice and she's really easy to talk to. And then I will eventually be appearing on their show. Leah was a co-host down because her 
sister who usually is on the show with her is in Texas, and as we all know, Texas has no power right now, so I stepped up to the plate and we talked about all sorts of stuff, and uh, it was a really fun conversation. She's she's super nice, and I can't wait to have her on the show proper, and we can talk about all sorts of things. So if you haven't heard Take Up Space podcast, uh, Leah will explain what it's all about, but it's just really such a great show. It's so nice to hear people be so positive and also know exactly how people should be treated. And that's kind of what their show is all about, is about like representing yourself. And it's called Take Up Space because you should take up the space that you should take up. Like, don't let people put you down and don't prevent yourself from like reaching your goals and, and being as positive and, and as much of a force you can be in your own life. And uh, and so much more. So here is my conversation with Leah. Hey, everybody. We're doing a little twist on the format this week. Instead of just playing a clip for our promoted show, I actually have one of the hosts of the Take Up Space podcast, Leah. Hi, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? I'm well, thank you. So usually in this segment, this segment's pretty new. You'll be the third week we've done it. Uh, usually we just kind of promote a show. We, we talk about like what we've watched in the last week. And then we, but the, the whole segment is sponsored by another podcast to kind of highlight another show. Oh, cool. Uh, that's why it's called the Be Kind Rewind. So the Be Kind part is featuring another show. And then we rewind the week and talk about what we've been watching. Um, okay. But yeah, usually we just talk about the show a bit and then we play a clip, but you're here, so we'll just talk about your show like this, and that would be super fun. Yeah. So first first time ever you're experiencing something here. We're going to experience it together. <laughs> I'll walk with you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've listened to your show a few times, and I, I, I really, really like it. I think it's really great. Oh, um, thanks. It's such a cool idea because you kind of talk about everything. Yes. And it's so, like, free and like you never know what to expect, but you you come at everything just so openly, which I love. I love podcasts like that. I love podcasts that are just like we're not going to have any judgment. We're not going to have anything. We'll talk about a topic and we'll talk it all the way through, and it doesn't matter. And that's fantastic. You have a co-host, your sister, right? Kayla. Yes, Kayla. She is not with us. She is in power-ridden Texas. You've told me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, there's no power out there right now, but you know she sends her love. But how did how did you two come up come up with the idea to to make this show? So and what is explain to our our listeners who may not have listened to your show what what take up space is all about? So the take up space podcast came about probably mm, I'll say the spring of 2020 um, after I created the business Champions of Discourse, where I help people learn to effectively communicate. I realized that people had a hurdle of not being able to actually take up space to get to that communication part. So I talked to a lot of people about what hurdles they have in owning who they are and being validated in who they are to set up those boundaries to be respected. So we talk about things like people pleasing, manipulating, um, developing professional relationships, understanding um, mental health and growing in that self-awareness. So there's a lot of things that we talk about where people learn to take up space in personal relationships, professional relationships, uh, romantic relationships, even families. Because, you know, 
growing up, your parents always see you as a kid until you tell them or show them that you're not. And you have to kind of take up that space as an adult where they can kind of trust you. And so those are the, some of the topics that we talk about uh, just so that we can touch on different aspects of different people's lives. Cause not everybody is dealing with manipulation or um, lack of validation or um, professional building. There are some people who are dealing with, you know, trying to understand who they are, what is their sexuality and how do they present that? How do they present that and be comfortable in who they are at the same time without worrying about what other people may think or say. So uh People have heard me talk before. They said that I should start a podcast. I finally did in July of 2020. And uh, I realized very quickly, I cannot talk to myself because I would just be rambling. <laughs> um, uh, so, cause I'm not very structured. Um, I like to just have genuine conversation. So my sister Kayla said, hey, I'll be your co-host. And I didn't want to put too much pressure on her. So we have rotating co-hosts throughout the weeks. And sometimes she's on with me. And uh, sometimes we go and do uh, different recordings for other people who we're interested in, or we feel have a great story to tell on our own. So that's kind of uh, how the show is set up and what to expect when you tune in. That's awesome. I resonate with so many things that you said. <laughs> like I, I, I know a lot of people and my, and me myself, I struggle with a lot of, a lot of the things you talk about, especially like family dynamics and like my parents have, have had a horrible time like adjusting. I'm 33 years old and I'm still struggling with them. Listen, adjusting it is. to me being an Ooh. adult. That I don't know what it is about. And and you as a father, like you'll probably be going through it. But I think that since you, it's so fresh in your mind, hopefully you can help kind of break that cycle of understanding that, hey, my kids are now adults. I need to I need to, you know, try to let them operate in that space. And I had to have very hard conversations with my parents and just like, you know, this is my boundary and I want you to respect it. If you want us to continue to communicate, I need you to respect my boundary. And, you know, it didn't take the first couple of times, but after about the third or fourth conversation and me holding steady to what I say and not folding, um, they were very um, understanding and receptive to it. And so um, even now they, they don't, they're not necessarily trying to test me, but they're trying to now understand who I am as an adult. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Lucky so, you. <laughs> it's, I'm tell, it's, it's hard. It's, I'm not saying that it's all easy. You just get to see the other side of it. But when I was going through it, it was rough. Yeah, it is it's yeah. extremely rough. And it's becoming rougher because I have children. Ah, yes. They're, they're now both getting to the point where they think that they they are going to parent me through the way I parent. Uh, and I'm like, I don't answer to you ooh. about how I raise my children. Like my dad texted me the other day and he's like, what happened with this? I was like, who are you talking to? <laughs> like, whatever happened in my house is my business. Mind your own right. fucking business. <laughs> like, right. you don't talk to me like that. I'm a grown man. Right. And and that's and that's one of the things where you establish that boundary. Hey, this is this is where this is where you're crossing the line. OK, yeah. you need to I can walk you back. Or we can stop communicating. What do yeah. you, what do you want to do? It's getting to that point. And yeah. so it's and so thankfully I've never had to give an ultimatum, but 
ultimately when I say, look, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. And the way I operate is if I'm not respected, I don't show up. And so they do with that what they will. And typically it works out in my favor, whether they choose to respect me or not communicate with me anymore. Yeah. And it is, it is hard to be in a situation like that where you're dealing with people that like raised you and they want, they're treating you like you're a child, but the way, the way they're doing it is like, you're acting like the child in this situation. Yeah. You're refusing to to be mature and respectful and acknowledge my place as a human being. And as an adult, like it's very, it's so odd that you need to explain that thing, those type of things to like grown adults. (laughs) (laughs) It's, but it's not though, because if you think about it, right. So, um, when you when you meet your best friends, right, in in elementary school, and let's say you guys have been friends from elementary through college, unless you t- unless the two of you actually reflect and take time to get to know each other as adults, you're always going to treat each other like kids because that's how you met each other. That's so true. in the same in the same vein, your parents treat you like children because. That's that's how they know you. That's how they see you. They've seen you from birth to now. And the majority of your life, you were a child. But now you're an adult making your own decisions, probably buying your own house, your own car, you know, got into your first fights, hurt. I remember when you got stung by a bee, you know, all those kinds of things. <laughs> and sometimes you have to take a step back and uh, do a Jay-Z. Let me reintroduce myself. Yeah. Like, I don't like how, and I had to just say to my mom straight up one time, like, um, the way this is going, I don't really like it. What can we do to change it? And I, and I explained to her my point of view. She showed me her point of view and no lie, even though it took maybe a couple conversations, she is making effort to, to make sure that she's present in conversations and that, you know, if she has something to say about it, she checks, like, reads the room first to see if I'm even receptive to what she's saying. And then we can kind of have a conversation. But um, it's it's about whether or not you really want to be respected and if you want to honor your boundaries, because if you always fold to be the kid in that situation, because when you're eight, whatever your parents say, look, that's what they say. But at 33, nah, you can give your opinion, (laughs) (laughs) but regardless if I listen or not, that's on me. Yeah. No, it is true. It's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, it's a difficult act to walk. (laughs) Yes, it's very on a tightrope, very much, because if you stand up too much, then you're being disrespectful. And if you don't stand up enough, it's like, see, I told you, you're still a child. Yeah. And so you got to kind of, so it's a, it's a quite a thin line to walk, but if you, if you learn how to do it and you practice it and you stay with it, uh, it has major payoffs, especially in when you realize that you've crossed this hurdle. So your kids don't have to do it. Yeah. You know, it is a lot of, especially like be like, I've always had these issues with my parents and then becoming a father, it's become like a very useful tool to be like, I would never treat my children like that. <laughs> like it's like um like my like my parents a lot of my my parents weren't bad parents. They just weren't great parents. Mm-hmm. But because they weren't 
the worst parents. <laughs> they act like they deserve like a parent of the year or <laughs> yeah. like, no, like doing the bare minimum is not really, <laughs> that's not the greatest. Yes. Like, I mean, yes, I'm still alive. Okay. Yes. But there's still some things that happen. And so yeah. I think that's important to talk about though. Like it's not to criticize something, you know, whether we are criti- criticizing the government, um, a car, a team, a spouse or parents, just because we're criticizing doesn't necessarily mean it's bad. It just means that, hey, I know you mean well, but this thing that you're doing doesn't quite work in my favor. Yeah, exactly. You know? And it, it's, it is such like a nice, I love seeing like the leaps and bounds that the world has taken um, as far as addressing mental health. Mm-hmm. Because like, my parents and pretty much the world when I was a little kid and struggled with anxiety and depression and stuff like that, there was there was no real knowledge of it, you know? Yeah. It was like, oh, you're just, you're a crybaby and you'll get yeah. over it. And it's like, no, like <laughs> I have a, I have this ball of, you know, fear in my chest that never goes away. Like, and now as an adult, like when my kids see like that, I act like that and I recognize it, I can help them. And if I can't help them, I can find help for them because it matters to me. Like it matters to me. And I grew up knowing what it's like to have parents that are just like, you'll be fine. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, you'll get over that. Don't worry about it. You'll, you'll get over that. Or you need to get over that. And I'm like, whoa, if, oh, is that all I need? Just, I need to get over it. Oh, I guess I'm fine now. (laughs) I, I guess I'm I'm okay now. Uh, I guess I got over it. Thanks uh, for the pep talk. <laughs> really, that's this legitimately what it feels like. Yeah, like and, my I would get out of bed as a kid because I'd be my like my brain wouldn't shut off or anything, and I'd talk to my dad, and he'd be so irritated with the fact that I was even out of bed, and I just can't even like picture that as an adult. Like I can't, I just can't imagine like my son coming to me in need and me being like, Oh Jesus, what do you want? <laughs> like, oh, it's, wow. it's so crazy. Yeah. Like I've been having a lot of revelations about stuff like that lately, like memories coming back to me of like situations that happened where I'm like, man, that just was not cool. And now you don't remember that as, as a 50 year old man, yet you're trying to tell me how to parent my kid properly. And it's like, you did so much awful shit. <laughs> like, you don't get to talk to me about how I parent my kid. Yeah, it's, it, I get that there's wisdom when you have your elders involved. But at the same time, I think that there's an instinct that as parents that is developed because this human being came from you, you know? And if you're able to see a lot of yourself in them, then you kind of know what you what you would want them to have that you didn't or what you want them to have that you did. Yeah. You know, sometimes you need that space. Sometimes you need, you know, that comfort and, you know, knowing how to, how to balance that. That's something as a parent, as you are a part of your kids' lives that you understand how to walk. And when other people kind of come in, um, whether, whether they're parents or grandparents or people at church or people, you know, at, at work or whatever, who try to tell you, Dr. Spock said, it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> here's what I need you to do. I want you to write it down on a piece of paper. Okay. Um, don't ever give it to me. Just write it down. I want you to know your words mean something. You're going to fold it up and put it in your pocket. 
And then you're going to read it on the New York subway because it's more important that it's heard there. I don't really care about it. That's it. <laughs> this, this, that's it. Like, I don't really care about your opinion unless yeah. I come to you and ask you about it. I don't care about your opinion. <laughs> well, it is a lot too. Like you hear a lot about like motherly instincts mm-hmm. and you very rarely hear about like fatherly instincts because there's a lot of different type of fathers. There's fathers that just don't care or fathers that walk out or fathers that just, you know, same with mothers. Yeah. Yeah. Same with mothers. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but you like, and it's a funny thing because instincts are like biological, but not everybody picks up on their instincts and not everyone has these instincts, but as a father that has fatherly instincts that my father clearly did not have, like it is, it's like very, it's, it's very, it's, it's things like that where you go, Oh yeah, we did like, we are animals. We did like change and evolve and grow because it's like, this is, I, I notice things all the time that are very the same things that, on a basic level animals do like this is my pride this is my pack like this is i have instincts to protect all of this and nurture it and care for it and make sure that it survives it grows and thrives and it's like when i see people that clearly don't it just like boils my blood (laughs) and it's like and it i don't know i should say that it doesn't it shouldn't bother me but i think it should bother me because it's not you have a responsibility. <laughs> like it's it's yeah. your job. <laughs> like I would I would hope so. If you're yeah. if you're gonna take time to build something, whether you know you plan for a kid in a family or you did it, if you're gonna take that time to build, you should want to protect it. Yeah. That's I mean, and and I think that instincts come with self-awareness, and a lot of people are more involved in so many other people's lives via TV, social media, whatever, are so involved in other people's lives that they forget or ignore their own instincts and go after what other people say they should. So people, you know, reject or neglect what they feel their their actual natural instincts are just to be a part of some social group. Yeah. Or their instincts are solely based on themselves. Oh, yes. Yep. Selfishness, I have noticed, will rival instincts in a great deal of situations. Like self-preservation, that instinct seems to kick in for a lot of people who are responsible for other people. (laughs) And it's like, you can't be selfish when you're, you're in charge. You know what I mean? Like, right. I, t- I talked to, I, t- I even talked to my kids about this, even though they're still like, they're too young to fully grasp what I'm talking about. But like when I'm talking to them about why they have to go to school, I'm like, school trains you to work. And then school and work trains you for a family and for a life and to be a leader. Like you are in school to learn to take directions. And then you work and you learn to take directions. And maybe eventually you'll be the one giving out directions. And then when you become a parent, you're the boss of your family. <laughs> like you are in charge. It is your job to make sure everything runs smoothly. Like it all, all of this is are all life lessons that you're learning every day to make sure when you grow up, just like when I teach you things, when you grow up, these are all tools to make sure you are a well-rounded and well-developed human being. <laughs> That's good. I like that. 
And it's not easy. I'm making it sound like a cakewalk. It is not easy. I yell a Listen, lot. <laughs> parenting is parenting is work. Kudos to all the parents because that is, whew, y'all. Ooh, look, God bless y'all. Yeah, especially is, during this time. <laughs> yes, y'all have been stuck in the house for almost a year. Yeah, cabin fever is real, y'all. Like, don't oh. don't be fooled. <laughs> Like you get six people trapped in a house, like th things get tense. <laughs> oh gosh, that's there's just so much. Oh yeah, my goodness, it's very loud, especially for me, like someone who has anxiety. Like sensory overload is very mm -hmm. much a thing. Yes. So when things get loud, I get very like, like I like, literally. Oh my gosh, Josh! I promise you, I just went through that. So like I I've, I've been quarantined by myself, right? And oh, so for like most of the, most of the quarantine and, uh, I went, so it was like maybe eight or nine months of just being by myself. And I was like, you know what? I miss my family. So I'm going to go down there to visit. I was there probably three days and I was like, there's just so much noise. There's so many people. Oh my, like I became so overwhelmed. I was like, I need to take a walk. I need to be outside. I need to do something. I need to just not be here right this moment. I'm like looking at my watch and standing there. My heart rate is like 120. I was like, okay. Um, hey guys, uh, I have to go. <laughs> this is, this is just a lot. And thankfully my family is, um, is just so understanding. And I have become very open and vulnerable with them about, you know, my anxiety, my depression and things that I'm going through. So when I'm not having the best of time, they'll understand and just be like, okay, I get it. You know, take, take the time you need or whatever. So, um, I think thankfully I've been, I was able to like get through that. But, um, even while I was there, if there were times where I was like, I don't care if y'all laughing or screaming, it all sounds like noise to me and I can't, I can't yeah. handle it. So, it's so sometimes I just have to like, just take a break and go lay down Yeah, and just like, Oh, okay. Who, I don't know how much alcohol or how many edibles. <laughs> Golly, this is, this is just so much. I don't know. Weed how does help. Ooh. Weed is a, is a great medicine for, for anxiety. Listen, like just one, <laughs> the tiniest little puff and my anxiety goes from here to, to down low. It is fantastic. Yeah, like, I'm just like, whew, yes. Yeah, oh. it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> well, as we wrap this up, what episode of yours, and it's fine if you need to think about this, what episode did you do you think that you're most proud of? And you can oh. take that in any way possible. <sighs> like, which was the most difficult? What was the most enlightening? What was the most challenging topic? Anything like that. What what episode of yours stands out the most that you think if someone's going to check it out, this is the episode to start with? Um. Oh man, like there's so many good ones. <laughs> um. I I want to. So there's a couple. So one of the first episodes that come to mind is a recent episode I released with Coffee with Curls and. Um, that episode was talking about the importance of mental health and breaking chains of uh, trauma of trauma, so that those cycles don't continue. Kind of like a little bit about what we talked about just now. 
Um, that episode was just like a really, really, really good episode. Um, I have some more episodes that are like really, really good that haven't released yet. But the other episode that I'm probably thinking about is my sister did one uh, where a friend of hers catfished her. And um, just so that they can be close, don't know what the girl's like motives were, but it was just like, I was like, I feel like, I feel like she likes you. And she was just afraid to say it. Um, there, I mean, man, there was like so many good episodes. Uh, I did a couple with Desmond. I did, I did some with, uh, from Independent Thought. I did some with, uh, I don't know, man, that's a hard question. I don't even know <laughs> if somebody had to start listening, um, listening to Take a Space podcast, what episode would they want to start with? Um, is probably the probably the first one of what it means to take up space, um, and and then as you go through the episode titles, um, you'll find a couple that really speak to you. And the titles really talk about we talk about a lot of things within those titles, but um, there are some things that you know that will really stick out to you as a listener that would help you hopefully grow in your self awareness. Um, so, yeah, because I mean, it, I've I've recorded with a lot of great podcasters, a lot of great people who are not podcasters, and we get really deep into different topics. So, um, so that's yeah. So I would say start off with the first one of what does it mean to take up space, and um, probably listen to the latest episode because that's probably going to be one of my favorites. Well, I can't wait to hear. It. Yeah. yeah, like I said at the beginning of this, definitely check it out. Your show is just so good. You, you and your sister, you both have such a great voice for this. Oh, thank you. And you, like I said, you just so you're so willing to dive in deep into the topics, and you're so passionate the way you talk about it, and you're so just positive with the message of it's okay to be yourself, and it's okay to you know be proud of who you are and empower yourself to be the best person that you can be and i just love it so much every single episode of yours i've listened to i love so everyone needs to go check it out where can they find you on social media um we're at take up space pod let's take up space pod on facebook instagram and twitter um if you want to find us on youtube we're youtube.com slash champions of discourse and that's the overarching business and we have some other content on YouTube as well. So be sure to check that out. Absolutely. That's right. Take up space podcast. Everyone go listen to it right now. Make sure you subscribe. So you never miss a great episode. All right, Leah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And we'll have you on soon for a super nerdy episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. That was so fantastic. Thank you again to Leah and the Take Up Space podcast for coming on and doing that. It was so great. Make sure you follow them on all their social media links and be sure to hear them when they're on this show down the line. As far as the rewind part, this week I watched The Holiday on Netflix, which is a romantic comedy starring... Emma Roberts, who I love, and an Australian guy who sounded exactly like Chris Hemsworth. It was it was eerie, but he was really good too. Everyone was is was really really great. If if you're looking for something something different or, or something uh, funny, I do recommend it. It's uh, the premise is Emma Roberts is kind of uh, down on her luck when it comes to love. She was broken up with, 
and then the Australian man is having having love issues as well. And Emma Roberts has an aunt who's very uh, promiscuous, and she gives her the idea of having a holiday, which is just a date you bring on for holidays. They they don't really mean anything to you. So Emma Roberts and the and the Australian man meet, and then they become each other's holidays, and uh, you know, love eventually blossoms. But it, it is really good. It was really funny. It was very heartfelt. And uh, it's just enjoyable. So, yeah, I would go see that. Other than that, me and my youngest son found this show on Netflix called Floor is Lava. It's a game show, kind of like Wipeout, but also very akin to, like, Double Dare or, like, Legends of the Hidden Temple, all these types of shows from when I was a kid. Guts things of that nature there's no aggro crag but and that they set up an obstacle course and it's i didn't know watching the first episode but when i get to the second one it's different every time they set the environment different the room's the same but they set the environment differently so like the first episode is all like there's a pyramid and you can like knock down these like kind of like obelisks and then there's like a, a scepter on the wall you can get that unlocks other things and it's very like wipeout and like American Ninja Warrior, because you had to get to the end without falling in low lava, which is you know colored water. But it's real funny because like when you do fall in, it's it's groups of three. So when you do fall in, they don't show you get up. You don't swim out, and then you're out. Like you, they just you disappear, <laughs> and you're gone. But the commentary is really funny on it as well. Like there's a group of youth pastors, and. Anytime anything happens, they're like, oh, good God, oh, oh, pray for help on this one. It's it's just, they're very sarcastic. It's very, uh, most extreme illumination challenge that used to be on Spike. Uh, It's, it's, the commentary is kind of like that. It's really funny. So yeah, if you have kids, it's a good family show. So go check, check that out if you get a chance. Other than that, I'm trying to think, I don't know that I watched anything new. Yeah, I think that's it for the Be Kind Rewind this week. So, yeah, go check both of those things out. Before we move on to our topic for today, let's cover a little bit of news. Uh, Supergirl has been cast for the Flash movie, interestingly enough. Um, Sasha, I don't know how you pronounce her last name, Kali? C-A-L-L-E. So, let's see. She is from The Young and the Restless, and nothing else she's done looks familiar movie called young blood i don't know that um but yeah that's exciting i love supergirl i was really hoping for like a a supergirl batgirl like buddy cop comedy type of movie i think that would could really work i think it'd be really funny and just like a cool spin-off like so that not every single dc eu movie is the same but uh yeah i'm excited for that and we'll we'll see where it goes we got a release date for Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead, which is coming to Netflix. Uh, that'll be real fun to see, because I really liked Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, I know some people have like mixed emotions on it, but I think I think it's great. And that's coming to Netflix on May 21st. So, And it stars Dave Bautista, Drax the Destroyer, for anyone that doesn't know. But, yeah, that looks really cool. It's set in Las Vegas. So it'll be fun to uh, see where they go with that. It's reported that Mina 
Massoud, the actor that played Aladdin in the live-action Aladdin reboot, uh, which I actually really liked. I, I didn't think I would like it at all, but I thought it was really great. Uh, he Apparently, it's rumored that he is being eyed to play Ezra Bridger in the Ahsoka series. Ezra Bridger is the main character from Star Wars Rebels, and he looks like a good fit. I think I'd, I'd take it. You give him the right haircut, I think he really looks like Ezra, so... All down for that. Uh, we got our first official trailer for the animated series on Amazon Invincible based on the comic book series. It looks fucking amazing. I can't wait for it to come out. I know Ben's not going to listen to this, so I haven't been showing Ben any real footage from the show because I don't want him to know how gory it is. <laughs> And it's like, this show's going to be a bloodbath. Anyone out there that's seen this trailer or, like, snippets from it and thinks that, like, this is just going to be, like, a, a Batman animated movie, it is so much more extreme than that. Invincible is, uh, it's quite the comic book, and this is going to be quite the series. And Seth Rogen and his writing partner are working on a live-action adaptation, too. So, all great stuff. I'm excited to see J.K. Simmons voice his dad. He's also a superhero. Um, there's some twists involved there. Uh, really excited. Everyone everyone in the nerd community on Twitter yesterday seemed to be really excited when the trailer dropped. So, uh, yeah, can't wait for that. to. I think that comes out next month on Amazon. And uh, people are going to lose their fucking mind. It's going to be awesome. Lastly, if you haven't seen our latest video on our YouTube channel, please go watch it. We did a trailer reaction for the Mortal Kombat trailer. That dropped, and it looks fucking awesome. If I, I can't imagine that anyone out there thinks this looks bad. And if you do, please, please get a hold of us on Twitter so we can argue with you. It, it is incredible. It, and I'm sure, yes, there is, is a, you know, there's a chance that it could be bad. But it looks great. I'm sure that, you know, I'm sure the story... Is, is going to be entertaining enough to match as long as it you know they get a story interesting enough to fill in between the amazing action sequences. That's all anyone's really going to care about. The fight between Scorpion and Sub Zero looks fantastic. Um, the only thing in it that you can see that I don't like, and I'm hope I'm wrong from one part. You can see a part where there's a uh, it's definitely a reptile coming out of like camouflage up in like. Like, above a character. But you don't really see him. But then later, if you look closely, it's real fast. You can see Kano fighting this, like, alligator-looking monster. And I really hope that's not Reptile. I hate when they make Reptile an actual lizard. I much prefer him from the original games, where he's just a green ninja, just like Sub-Zero, just like Scorpion. And he has traits for a reptile. I don't want him to be a lizard monster, but whatever. Uh, I seem to be the only one that cares about reptile, and it's probably just because my favorite color is green. So, But that moves us right into our talking point of the most anticipated movies of 2021. And a lot of you had a lot to say. So I know that a lot of 2021 has already gone by, but I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of... Of great movies yet? Not to say there hasn't been any good ones, but we just didn't do this like at the turn of the year. So 
Figured it's not too late because there's a lot coming out this year. And, I mean, maybe not. Some of this might get pushed back. Hopefully not. I mean, a lot of these movies were supposed to come out last year. Um, so we will just talk about some. I just wanted to talk a little more in depth and just like a little more casually and talk about films outside of the top ten as well. But, I mean, we're coming up on March, so let's start there. We get Coming to America, the sequel to Coming to America, Coming to America. Uh, I'm very excited for this. I know Ben is as well. We're both huge fans of Coming to America. We love Eddie Murphy. We love Arsenio Hall. I'm happy James Earl Jones is back. Wesley Snipes' performance looks insane. I can't wait to see what's going to happen there. And hopefully it's still funny. You know, a lot of times you get these sequels and they're just not as good or they're just trying to rehash the first one. And from the trailer you can tell there's a little bit of that, but it's stuff you want to see. You got your sexual chocolate in there. You got your barbershop boys where it's... It's inconceivable that somehow they're still alive, but I don't give a shit. I want to see them because they're hilarious. Oh, and that's also coming out on Amazon Prime, which is awesome. Like, if so, if you're worried you can't get to the theater to see like something like that, if you got Prime, you're all all set. Next, this was recommended by a lot of people as one of their most anticipated movies of the year, which comes out on Disney Plus on March fifth which is Raya and the Last Dragon, which is an animated movie on Disney+. Plus. It looks really cool, and people are really excited for it. Let me see. Let me pull up who who's getting their first shout-outs in here. Let's see. All right, so Geek Peak Podcast. You've heard him on here. One of our most popular episodes is Kevin. Did Kevin from Home Alone grow up to be Jigsaw? And uh, we'll be appearing on their shows very soon. Talk about Kaiju. That was really fun. Uh, they said Ray and the Last Dragon. They have a whole list here, but we'll get to more of those. Um, Not Before Coffee, which is a woman named Ray. She's so nice. She also said she was going to say Ray and the Last Dragon. I'm all for Disney animated movies. There is, It isn't free. It is like a Mulan situation where you ought to pay a premium if you want to watch it. But I guess... They've lowered that cost dramatically since Mulan got so much backlash. So yeah, always, always pumped for for a Disney movie. You know, I think Pixar get gets a little more credit than Disney does nowadays, but Disney Animation Studios still makes plenty of movies, and this looks really cool. <laughs> Here's a funny one: the dads on Dayquil said that they're looking forward to Dome Pumps Debbie, starring Johnny Six, our favorite Johnny Six. <laughs> coming to the hub in June uh, Johnny Six himself the dome uh, commented that he changed the title to Debbie Dumps on the Dome it's a little longer but packs a punch <laughs> fucking love you guys uh, it's so hilarious if you don't know Johnny Six Johnny Six is the dome's porn star name and uh that show is hilarious. If you don't listen to that show, I got nothing for you. You you got to be on it. So after that, the biggest release is Zack Snyder's Justice League. The Snyder Cut, whatever you want to call it. Four hours long. We all know this. We're still pumped for it, though. My biggest question when it comes to that is, will that put the DCEU back on course Zack Snyder himself doesn't even sound very uh positive on that front 
he said this is kind of a one and done thing. Um, but you know, money talks. So if this does well, if it is well received by audiences, I'd say you know well received by critics. But who gives a shit about that? If if audiences like it, which hopefully it's good, then maybe we can get this going again. Maybe Ben and maybe they'll get Ben Affleck back. He's another one that also says he's done. He doesn't want to do it. The suit's uncomfortable. Blah blah blah. Typical Batman shit. But as I just said, money talks. You're an actor. This is your career. And, you know, when they wave $10 million in your face, it's hard to say no to anything. So, fingers crossed that's really good. We will be watching it and then giving our review um, right after it comes out. I'm literally taking the day off of work to, to watch it. So, fingers crossed that it's good. What do we have next? Then, our number one most anticipated movie of the year comes out about a week and a half later which is Godzilla vs. King Kong. I'm so pumped for this movie. Uh, as I've mentioned before, 2014 Godzilla is probably the movie I've been most excited for in my whole life. I just They did such a great job of like hiding the details of that movie and hiding... Even they had a teaser trailer at Comic-Con like two years before the movie came out, and I scoured the internet looking for this trailer, and it was impossible to find. My only real gripe, which we will definitely get into on the commentary tracks for these, is that that movie is very serious. And they promoted it like it was very serious, and they promoted it like it was real life. Like, holy shit, this terrifying monster just came out of the ocean. What the fuck is happening? And then every movie since has gotten like more like funny and like more of a popcorn movie, which is fine. I mean, it's 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 Big Blizzard, but I mean, I would have loved to see them keep that serious tone, but it is what it is. We're getting what we're getting, and Godzilla vs. Kong looks fucking awesome. I can't wait for it. I can't even say who's going to win. I think, as usual, the trailers say one will fall. The studio has said there's going to be a definitive winner. We'll see about that. I think they're going to fight. Or it's going to turn out that Godzilla was actually Mecha Godzilla the whole time, and then the real Godzilla shows up at the end, and then maybe they fight after that. Who knows? And uh, I don't know. And they've done a good job of not showing us, so the movie doesn't feel ruined to me at all. I can't wait to watch it, and no matter who, who wins, I'm not going to be upset. Uh, I think it'll just be a great movie, so I'm all for it, and, and people are really, really pumped for that. Um Hops Geek News, big supporters of the show, great people, great podcasts themselves. They were pumped for Godzilla. They are also pumped for Justice League. Um, JVD of Crossover Collision, huge supporter of the show as well. He, he said, I need an hour's worth of Godzilla versus Kong talk. Uh, that's not all I can talk about, but I did reply and tell him we were about to get ten, about 10 hours of it this month when we do all the commentaries and then our review and everything else. And we've been invited on a bunch of different shows to discuss this movie, so you will hear us on lots of different places talking about this. So moving on, now we're finally into April, uh, which nobody comes out, which is the, if you haven't seen the trailer, go watch it immediately because it looks amazing. Uh, the movie stars Bob Odenkirk, who's uh, Saul from Better Call Saul. And it is written by one of the writers of John Wick. And it just looks like it looks like if a middle-aged man 
who just seems like an average kind of dopey dad, became John Wick out of nowhere. It looks amazing. Geek Peak Podcast also said that they are extremely excited for that. Um, and I can't, I can't wait. It looks great. The second the trailer popped up, I freaked out. I immediately text Ben. He freaked out. And I, I really hope it's good because it looks fantastic. Next on the list, coming out in April, is Mortal Kombat. Like I said, we have a video. Our, our reaction video to the trailer is on our YouTube page. It's doing very well for us. Please go watch it if you haven't. And uh, share it if you can. And leave a comment. We, we love all of that stuff. This movie looks fucking phenomenal. It looks exactly like if you took a vid- the video game and brought it to real life. Um, hopefully the story's there. Hopefully it's good. I know they've tweaked it a little bit. Like Kano is not a bad guy, I don't believe. Which is odd. And there's like weird this like the Mortal Kombat symbol, the dragon, is like a birthmark, which means you were like born to be in the Mortal Kombat. And the main character is not a traditional Mortal Kombat character. Like Liu Kang's not the main character. It's some I can't remember his name. He's in a, it's in our top ten most anticipated movies video. Um, cause it's very, I think his name is Cole something. And it's just like, why you would do that when you have the huge list of characters that you have, I don't know. But, I mean, as long as the story's tight and they've promised tons of action, all the Scorpion and Sub-Zero stuff looks amazing, we are down for it. We are pumped. We will be doing a bunch of that. Looks like that's about it for April. Hops Geeks News also said Mortal Kombat. It's the only one for Mortal Kombat. Uh, coming in May, hopefully this doesn't get pushed back, one of our most anticipated movies that was supposed to come out last year, and an extremely long overdue movie from Marvel, is Black Widow. Love Scarlett Johansson. Love the Black Widow character. Can't wait to see her in her own movie. The actress that is playing... Basically, they're saying, like, the girl that plays her sister in this movie is going to take over as Black Widow, I believe. That's, that's what they're saying. Um... Which I'm, I'm fine with. Uh, Florence Pugh. She played Paige in uh, Fighting With My Family, the movie produced by The Rock about the WWE wrestler Paige, which I didn't even know until I looked it up. I was like, holy shit. Um, but you also have David Harbour and Rachel Wise, and it's just such a, it's such a, such a good cast, and Black Widow's such a strong character. I really wish we were getting a, a Black Widow Hawkeye movie. Um... But I mean, this is this is you, you can't complain about getting this. So um, it looks great. It will be great. I'm pumped to see Taskmaster. Um, hopefully they won't kill him off for once, and they'll bring him back in something else. But it is Marvel, so probably he'll probably get killed. Shout out to Not Before My Coffee. That was that was the one she says since I can't do Raya and the Last Dragon, I'll pick a uh, Black Widow. And I believe somebody else did as well. Ashley, lovely, lovely Ashley from the Studying Scarlet podcast said definitely Black Widow. I'll be crushed if it gets postponed again. Absolutely. I don't think there's any reason to push it. I know that, you know, they really want to make that money. But, I mean, it is what it is at this point. Like, just give us our movies. Geek Salad podcast also said that they said they can't get excited for, about movies until the theaters are open. Then it'll be Black Widow and the new James Bond movie. Um, and I understand that. It is it is hard to be like, so excited for this movie. It's going to come out, and then it gets pushed, and then it gets pushed again. I believe Black Widow got pushed like three times. And the worry is there that, you know, 
something will flare up and then things will be pushed back again. But have faith, and and we can only go off the information we got. And as of right now, Black Widow's coming out in May. So really looking forward to that. Also looking forward to Free Guy, which is uh, the Ryan Reynolds movie where he finds out he's in a video game. That looks really cool. Um, There isn't much more to it than that so far, but I mean, it looks fun. Uh, Spiral is also coming out in May, which is the prequel to Saw with Chris Rock and Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, you can't go wrong there. Geek Peak Podcast, really excited for that one. They said, I'm such a sucker for gore porn. So I saw a continuation with Sam Sam L. Jax and Chris Rock is fire. Fuck yeah, it is. I, I've seen all the Saw movies. I didn't see Jigsaw. Nor did I hear any real reason that I should watch Jigsaw. But I do like Chris Rock and Sam Jackson. So I would be really interested to give this one a try. What else we got? Cruella comes out in May. The The trailer for this dropped the other day, and I was actually really impressed by it. Because it doesn't even seem like a Disney movie. A lot of the scenes, um, it made me like think of like the trailers for like the Dark Knight trilogy. Like Christopher Nolan's trilogy. Like It looks like it's shot in that way, and it didn't seem very like cartoony. And even though her voice is a little over the top, it looked real. Like, I kind of wish it wasn't made by Disney, so it could be, like, a little, like, PG-13-ish. And I haven't, I have seen no trailer for any of the live-action Disney movies, like the remakes or, like, the reimaginings, where I was like, oh, I gotta see that. But I actually really thought this looked cool, so I will definitely be down to see that. Next on the list is uh, Fast and Furious 9, which... Some of you might hate me for this, but I have no interest in I love the original. Uh, as a teenager, I really liked Too Fast, Too Furious, even though the horrible CGI. Um, and I really liked 4 a lot, but I got about a quarter of the way through 5 and just n- fell asleep. And then I just never went back and I never got caught up. And they all look to be the exact same movie. And they've gotten so ridiculous that I just I can't care. This one from you know Street Racing for Slips to cars fighting a, a submarine in the Arctic. It, it makes no fucking sense. But people love it, and, and that's all right. But this latest one, uh, we see John Cena playing Vin Diesel's long-lost brother. If, if two people look like they could not be related at all, it is Vin Diesel and John Cena. Uh, so I really don't know how they're going to pull that one off, but, I mean... I'm sure it'll be a huge hit, and, and you know, kudos to any of you all out there that are excited for it. That, that's cool. Uh, the first one here in the horror world, well, I guess we had Spiral, but um, The Conjuring. I've never seen any of The Conjuring movies, but The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. I keep hearing a lot of talk about it. People seem to love these movies. Um, it's just not my style of horror. Like, the last 20 years or so has been really, like, ghost-heavy like the ring and the grudge and the, and the paranormal activities and the conjuring and and what's the other one with the the uh I don't know there's something else that came out at the same time as conjuring I just don't really give a shit about any of this stuff I mean clearly a lot of people do because they do well and they keep making movies out of them so uh, I do like Patrick Wilson though so I'm not opposed to going back and watching all of these what else do we got in the, on the kid front we got Peter Rabbit two I didn't see the first one uh. I'm sure that'll be fine. Let's see. Now, here's a big one for us. A big one for a lot of people. 
is now we're in June, and it's Venom Two, the official title Venom: Let There Be Carnage. I'm very excited for this movie. I didn't hate the first Venom. It wasn't the best movie of all time, but I walked out of it going, that was fine. And I walked out of it, most importantly, I literally said as I'm walking out of the theater to my lady who I was with, I said, that was good enough to where they could make a really good sequel to it. So hopefully learn your lessons of any sort of mistakes in the first one. You get a bigger budget to make things look a little better. And really hammer home a story with Carnage here. And make it good. I'm really, I'm really hoping Carnage looks Carnage from the original look of his comic books. He's had some more recent looks that I'm, I don't really care for. Um, so hopefully they hit there. The thing that most interests me about this is it being directed by Andy Serkis. If you don't know Andy Serkis, he played Gollum in The Lord of the Rings. He played uh, King Kong in Peter Jackson's King Kong. He is Caesar the Ape in all the Planet of the Apes movies. And he plays Claw in Black Panther. He's a really good live-action actor. He just does a lot of, like, CG. He did, he's the king of mocap. I mean, if it wasn't for this man and his amazing performances, we were behind on technology when it comes to CGI from where we are now. He was uh, Snoke in the last in the, in Star Wars. Um, he's terrific. He's going to be Alfred in The Batman. And I just love Andy Serkis so much. And this is his directorial debut, so I'm very excited to see. Especially, I mean, there's going to be so much CGI in here. What does the king of mocap and CGI bring to make this all better? I'm so excited to see it. Um, Woody Harrelson is carnage. Ben hates Woody Harrelson. I love Woody Harrelson. I am, I'm pumped. And and uh, Geek Peak Podcast was as well. About the eighth shout out to you boys. So yeah, I can't I cannot wait to see that one. I really hope it doesn't disappoint, which I don't think it will. So uh, in July we have Minions: The Rise of Gru. Minion movies are always cute. Um, so you know, it's always different for me to say because I I got kids. So when you got kids, it's, it's kind of an excuse to watch kids movies. Um, Bub and Gobs, our boys, Bub and Gobs, they're most pumped for this next one, and I know Ben is too, which is Top Gun Maverick. Um, I really like Tom Cruise. I don't like him for, you know, his personal life. He's a bit of a weirdo. Um, but I mean, he makes good movies and he's a fuck of an actor. I mean, he's incredible. And this movie does look great. Uh, Ben really brought me around. I'd never really given a shit about Top Gun before I met Ben, but it's his favorite movie. We went to the theaters once and saw it and we, we did it on the podcast as well. And it is, it is a great movie. My only problem from the trailers here is that Miles Teller is playing Goose's son, which if you've seen Top Gun, Goose's son is about, let's say, five, conservatively. All right. That movie came out in, I think, 1986. So by the release of this, that's, what, 35 years ago? Miles Teller is, so if he was six, that would put him at 41 years old. Uh, Miles Teller is, Miles Teller is 34 years old. No matter what, if he's 34 or if he's 41, whatever it is, he's too old to be like a, a hot shot young cadet getting, you know, in, in the Air Force. Like, he's not, he's not 20. So I don't, I'm curious to see how they'll explain that, but who knows. Um, it does look great, though. 
there's a lot of like live shots that aren't CGI of Tom Cruise in the in the plane that look incredible. And my hats off to you, sir, because I could not do that shit. <laughs> like that is crazy. His his stunt work over the years is just amplified, and uh, you know, good for him. Next one, next one, I'm very excited to see. I, I would like at least a trailer. Um, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Very excited for this. Very dis- excited to see where they can go with this. We're gonna get the real Mandarin, unlike we did in Iron Man Three, which is always a disappointment to me that we we didn't get the real Mandarin with Iron Man. Um, but it, I mean, it's really cool that we're finally getting our first Asian-led Marvel film. Um, hopefully, I mean, not hopefully. Marvel they always seem to kill it, so. Hopefully they'll they'll get this right. <laughs> like, um, I'm just saying it like that because we haven't seen anything, and I mean it comes out in July, so um, not before coffee. I was very excited for that, um, which I think you should be. It's cool to get like something new to the Marvel universe so that isn't a sequel and everything. So let's see that <laughs> up next. Uh, Space Jam Two. Can't say I'm excited for that one. LeBron James uh, taking in uh, taking over the role of Michael Jordan. Which it's like, I would have been fine if they had just gotten him back. It is produced by Ryan Coogler, who did Black Panther, so I wouldn't I wouldn't be opposed. And I do love the Looney Tunes, so who knows? I mean, it's, it's I'm sure it's going to be a good family movie. What else? Jungle Cruise is coming out in July as well with The Rock and Emily Blunt. Uh, I mean, really no interest for me. Uh, if if you do. Good for you. Uh, <clears throat> moving right along, The Suicide Squad comes out in August, but it will also be released on HBO Max. Very curious to see how this is. The first Suicide Squad movie was very disappointing. On a rewatch, the acting was really good. The story was just missing, and it just kind of seemed to be all over the place. This is directed by James Gunn, who did both Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and is doing the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, so I'm very excited and curious to see where he goes. We got King Shark in there, which I'm always excited to see. We have Harley Quinn back. Captain Boomerang is back. Idris Elba's been added to the mix. I love Idris Elba. He's amazing. I really hope this movie does well and he shines just so he can, like, kind of be pushed more. I really feel like he, ha- you know, he hasn't been the main star of a hugely successful movie to make him like a, a strong leading man but he is so amazing if you've never seen luther go find it immediately it is the first season of that is one of the best seasons of television i've ever watched in my life it's fantastic the casting is amazing but yeah really looking forward to the suicide squad the suicide squad wish they had changed the name a little bit it's a little confusing my only real problem with it seems to be like the they went more with like a 70s comic book aesthetic especially with like the costuming which i'm not a huge fan of especially john cena's peacemaker outfit and he's it's already been announced he's getting a a tv show on hbo max so he's definitely not gonna die and we're gonna see a lot more of that costume unfortunately what else? The King's Man comes out in August by the great Matthew Vaughn. I didn't see The Kingsman 2. Ben said it wasn't very good. But this this cast is great. Aaron Taylor Johnson, the real Quicksilver. 
Uh, finally making his return. I don't know where he's been. Uh, Ralph Fiennes. Matthew Goode, who I, I love that guy. I really wish I could see him in more movies. Daniel Bruhl, who plays um, Baron Zemo in the MCU. He's going to be in the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. And also Stanley Tucci. You can never go wrong with the Tooch. At the end of August, this was on our top ten. Candyman reboot is going to come out. It's, they say it's like a spiritual sequel. So I'm not exactly sure if the, the original events take place or not. Um, it looks really cool. It's produced by Jordan Peele. Directed by Nina DaCosta. It looks awesome. I really hope it's great. I'm a huge Candyman fan. It's still kind of treated as kind of like a culty movie, I think. If you've never seen the original, go check it out. Tony Todd as Candyman. Amazing. Virginia Madsen, I believe, is the actress, the the lead actress in that movie. She is fantastic. I just kind of love the whole lore. It's very creepy and scary. And uh, I really hope this one is too. And it looks late, so really pumped for that one. Big shout out to... When Cinephiles Attack, they they commented, Candyman, 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 Candyman. So hopefully Candyman doesn't kill me right now. Um, and the lovely ladies at the You Should Have Ghosted podcast agreed with this. So thank you, y'all. Um, yeah, very excited for Candyman. Uh, in September, we're getting A Quiet Place 2, one of my most anticipated movies for last year. And it was, about, it was pretty much the first movie. To be pushed because it was supposed to be released like right when COVID hit. Um, I loved the first movie. I think the first movie is brilliant. It the the ending where John Krasinski tells his daughter that he's always loved her and he never blamed her for the death of her brother. Uh, it stuck with me for days. I think just being a dad, I was just like, oh, <laughs> yeah. I I can't be more excited for that film. I think it's going to be really great. Uh, I think John Krasinski did a great job directing the first one, and he's directing this one, so I am all for that. In October, first week of October, this is probably our most commented one, and I will find every single person that said it. It is Dune. I I don't even know much about Dune. I've never seen the original movie. I've never read any of the books. All anyone ever tells me is, oh, sandworms. And and sting in a bikini. I don't know. That doesn't really do much for me. The cast is phenomenal. And I will run through the cast here in a moment. Let me just get everyone here that said Dune. Our boys over at the Spy Hearts podcast. You can check me out on there. I did an episode on Born Legacy. It was fantastic. The episode's really funny. Uh, they said Dune because Dennis Villeneuve is a fantastic director. And I can't wait to see... What he does with my beloved book series. Like I said, I've never read the book, but uh, I am excited for it mostly because of that. Dennis Villeneuve made the movie Prisoners. He also did Sicario and The Arrival and the sequel to Sicario. He is just a brilliant filmmaker. The vision he has for for filmmaking is, is really great. The F and Nerd podcast. Real good, guys. We're going to go on there soon talk about Justice League. Uh, that was their only pick, was Dune. And I asked why. And they said, Dennis Villeneuve is a stud who hasn't missed yet. The cast is as- absolutely stacked, and I love how massive and epic the movie looks and feels. Which it does. The trailer was ap- was surprising to me. Oh yes, Dennis Villeneuve also did Blade Runner 2049, uh, which the FN Nerd Podcast says is top tier. I still haven't seen it. But yeah, re- people really excited for Dune. 
the cast, the only one I have a problem with is the main kid, Timothy Clement. I need to look up what he's from because I feel like I just haven't seen him in anything. But he's got one of those faces I just don't like. But, I mean, the rest of this cast, Josh Brolin, Rebecca Ferguson, Oscar Isaac, Javier Bardem, a shaved Jason Momoa, shaved Moa, as I've been calling him, Dave Batista. And Zendaya. So we got an all-star fucking Marvel cast here. We got Moon Knight. We got Thanos. Uh, we got Drax the Destroyer. We got MJ. Aquaman's coming over from the other universe. Um, yeah, but I mean, it does look good, and that's going to be on HBO Max as well. Let's see what this main kid is from, though. Timothy Clement. He's got a kind of a douchey face. I don't know what it is. Call Me By Your Name is probably his big claim to fame. Also, Lady Bird. Beautiful boy. A woman. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of all these movies. Um, I see. I just hear his name thrown around a lot, but I, I haven't seen any of these movies. And like I said, he's got a punchable face. But as long as he's a good actor, whatever. Uh, the movie does look cool. Hashtag Shaved Moa. Also coming in October is Morbius. Somebody said Morbius. Yeah, I swore somebody said Morbius, but I can't. I don't find it on here. Um, I am interested to see where they go with this movie. Um, it is definitely going to be tied into the Sony Spider-Man universe. You do see an appearance from Michael Keaton's The Vulture in the trailer. Um, I think Jared Leto is a good choice for the part. Morbius is a very odd character. Um, but I am excited to see it. I think it looks cool. I think maybe like Venom... As long as it's good enough, it'll get a sequel that has a bigger budget and maybe they can do better stuff with it. Some of the, like, Keller waves as he's jumping looks a little iffy, but it also got pushed back, so they could have, like, had time to make a lot of this stuff look better. If you don't know Morbius from the comic books, he's a Spider-Man villain, and I think then they turn him into an anti-hero. He's a living vampire. So I am most used to him from the 90s comic series. Where he wasn't, he's not a real vampire. He like sucks out life force. And I'm, I don't know if they've changed that in the comics. I know at one point he is the, like, Blade didn't used to have any powers. He was just kind of like a vampire hunter. And then he was bit by Morbius and then got like all the, and then they got all the powers that he has in the movies. Um, but yeah, he's a cool character. He's a scientist. He's very smart. Um, and then he turns into a vampire. So. Hopefully it's good. Fingers crossed that, that they Sony could knock it out. They've been kind of getting better lately. Spider-Verse is amazing. The last few Spider-Man movies have been really good. So, fingers crossed. Like I said, Venom was alright. Coming down to the end of the year here. This was also a big one. Very, very anticipated by a lot of people. No Time to Die. The last of the Daniel Craig's Bonds movies. Scotch and Sports Podcast. Huge supporters of the show. Great guys. What's up, fellas? They said no time to die. Of course, our boys over at Spy Hard said no time to die. And I said, do you want me to just talk about how it's probably going to get pushed back again? This is probably the most pushed movie. It's been delayed like four times now, if not more. Um, Geek Sal is also super pumped for that. Um, Who else said Bond? And uh, Holmes Movie Podcast. They are also... Very excited for No Time to Die. I am about, let's see, how many have there been? I saw Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace. And I didn't even really pay attention to Quantum of Solace because 
as I sat down in the movie theater to watch it, my mom called me and told me my grandfather passed away, so I just kind of was, like, staring at a wall for two hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know, that got dark. Um, but I just, I never saw Skyfall or Spectre, and I, I, I cringe to even say there might be one in there that I'm missing. I have no idea. Um, but I loved, I do, I do like James Bond, so, and I love Casino Royale, so I just need to get caught up. Um, this movie does look really cool. And I'm not surprised at all that everyone's super excited to see it. Um, so let's hope that it uh, it doesn't get pushed again, and let's hope it doesn't disappoint anybody, especially with the fact that it's... it's. I think this is Daniel... Daniel Craig has said a lot that it's his last one, and I feel like it's kind of like just to get more money out of the studio. But I think this time definitively he said he's done, and he's been doing it for like 15 years now. So, it, you know, let the man have his time. Um... And it'll be great. My, one of my most anticipated movies is next on the list, Halloween Kills. I'm a huge fan of the Halloween franchise, and uh, I can't wait for this movie. It was supposed to come out last October. Um, there's already a sequel coming out after this, I, which will probably... They were supposed to come out back-to-back years. Like, this year was supposed to be the sequel to Halloween Kills coming out this Halloween. Um, I don't know if production has started again, so there might be another, like, a year gap in between now instead of back-to-back years. Um, but I'm very excited for it. I'm always pumped for a new Halloween movie. Um, lots of, lots of interesting stuff from the trailers that we've seen. Laurie Strode's back. Love Jamie Lee Curtis. And, uh, from everything everyone said, which they always kind of hype up these movies, uh, especially when John Cockburner is involved, he'll say phenomenal things about the movies he said this is like the bloodiest and like most horrifying halloween movie since the original so hopefully it lives up to that type of praise um but it looks really good and i'm excited to see it so in now we are into november we have the eternals i am not pumped for the eternals i don't really know them from the comics i don't really like a lot of people in this cast i don't I just don't know. <laughs> um, I'll have to see where it goes. If you know, my mind can always be changed by a trailer. So, as always, it's Marvel. If it sets up something cool for the future of the MCU, I'm all for it. Um, I just don't really see any of these people becoming like mainstays. Um, after that, we have Ghostbusters Afterlife. I don't really know how to feel about this movie. It is directed by Jason Reitman, who's the son of Ivan Reitman, who made the original Ghostbuster movies. Um, I don't I don't want to see a kids movie Ghostbusters. I want to see Ghostbusters. Give me the new the old cast passing the torch to a new cast. Don't give me Stranger Things kids playing around with dangerous nuclear toys. Like I don't I don't want that. I don't need that. As with a lot of movies, I feel like the problem to this it looks like they made a movie. They threw a bunch of Ghostbusters shit in it. Let's call it Ghostbusters instead of making a Ghostbusters movie. I I will still watch it and I'll go in and and I hope it's good. I love Paul Rudd, um, so hopefully when we see more it looks better. Um, but as of right now it just looks like like kid Ghostbusters and that's not really what I want. Um, later in November we have the Mission Impossible Seven, another franchise where. They all look amazing. I haven't seen any of them since 3. So I am excited to go back and kind of like binge watch all of them. Um, 
like I already talked about Tom Cruise, he does amazing work and all his stunts in those movies are great. So let's uh, let's see what he's got to offer in this one. And then rounding out the year, what do we have? A supposed Sherlock Holmes 3 movie with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Let's see if that gets made. I mean, hopefully I really like the first one. I don't remember liking the second one very much, but we'll see. And then the probably the two biggest ones is The Matrix 4, which I'm excited for. I don't know how they're going to handle it. Apparently they didn't even ask Lawrence Fishburne to come back as Morpheus. Um, but, I mean, you got Keanu back, you got Carrie Ann Moss back, Jada Pinkett Smith, I don't really need her back. Um, but that's also going to come out on HBO Max. It comes out right before Christmas. If they can pull it off, fuck yeah. Um, it was one of those things, though, like, the first one's so great, and it's so real, and everyone's, like, wearing real shit. I've said this numerous times. And then the other two are, are big Hollywood movies, and I didn't want that. I want the grounded feel of this, like, realistic sci-fi movie of the the original. Um, and we won't get that, but hopefully it's good. And finally, also right before Christmas, is the yet-to-be-titled Spider-Man 3. A lot going on with this movie. Uh... Will it be a live-action Spider-Verse movie? I don't know. We'll see. Um, people are denying that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were involved, yet we have returning cast members from their movies with Jamie Foxx's Electro and Alfred Molina's Dr. Octopus. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch is going to be in it as Dr. Strange. Elizabeth Olsen has teased that Wanda is going to show up in it. Uh, there have been talks of Deadpool and and Charlie Cox's Daredevil coming in. I don't know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I guess we'll see at the end of WandaVision here what, what gets set up for what. I love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Uh, I love Zendaya as MJ. I think their relationship is really cute. I'm um, very excited to see where they go with this whole identity thing and what they do with that. Now, like how they fix that because you definitely don't want Spider-Man's identity out there. I'm really hoping for some sort of Venom crossover. Uh, I'd really like to see that happen. And, uh, yeah, just always excited for a Spider-Man movie. Always excited for an MCU movie. And uh, it's a great way to cap off the year. So, yeah, we got a lot of movies this year. If we missed anything, let us know on Twitter, FMBN Podcast, or on Facebook and Instagram, FMBN, the number four in the letter U. Um... And if you didn't write in for the show, let it, go go ahead and find us and let us know what you're most excited for, even if it's something we talked about here. We want to know what you're excited for and why. Um, thank you to everyone that wrote in. I always love that shit. That, that made this go a lot better. As a, I feel like this went good as a solo run. Um, shout out again to Leah from Take Up Space Podcast. Thank you so much for coming on and doing that. We will see you Friday. I have very special guests coming up. And I'm very excited for it. And then, yeah, next month, the on the first Monday, kicks off Justice League versus Godzilla and Kong month. So, very pumped for that. We already recorded Man of Steel. We're going to record more this week. So, yeah. Uh, we have cool merch on our Public store. tpublic.com forward slash FMBN. We also have uh, all of our affiliates on there, all of our podcast friends. Their merch is available on there as well. So, go check it out. All right. I am Josh, and for Ben, this is the Four Nerds by Nerds podcast signing off. Stay nerdy, my friends. Mm-hmm.